You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. We'll do our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select, and we'll give you some tips in case you are face-to-face with a crocodile. But right now, he is the former director of scouting with the Florida Panthers. Um, he is uh, currently with uh, sports and, of course, in the pro hockey group. One of our favorites on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Jason Bukala. Books, how are you? Good morning, fellas. I'm doing all right. How about yourselves? Uh, we're good. Um, we're kind of scratching our heads about good old number 10, uh, Jonathan Huberto. Ooh. Just from a personal level, because of your relationship, with him, um, Jason, how did you feel seeing him just rot on the bench in the third period? It was tough to watch. Yeah, it was tough to watch, but uh, at the same token, I mean, I've I've been um, you know very supportive of this process, and um, um, from a team perspective, I thought that the coach um, sent a message to a player that has not delivered and has not played at a high enough level for the for the group. And, uh, and, you know, Huska, he, he, that, that was a moment. That was a moment for the group. They, they, they had a good third period. Um, it was required, you know, like, let's not sugarcoat this anymore. Like, you know, let's, let's move on here. We got to, we need better out of Jonathan. Um, clearly we all know that he can be better. He knows he can be better, but, uh, it's been frustrating and, uh, I'm at the point like I'm I'm like everybody else, including the coach. Um, yeah, it's tough to watch. You know, it's it's the human side of anything is is tough to watch. But 10.5 Schmil uh, means you got to play better than what he's playing right now. What 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 have you seen on the ice that's maybe different here than it was in Florida? Well, uh, the the group itself. Um, so let's not discount the fact that he played with Alexander Barkov. So the the thing with Barky is that. He's such a play driver, um, you know, between the, the blue lines off the rush. So he's the kind of guy, he's a big body that he backs opponents off. And when he would give Jonathan a puck um, somewhere off the rush, um, you know, a lot of space had already kind of opened up, if you will. And, and that's when Jonathan's at his best, when he can start kind of picking people apart at, at that point in time. And um, for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't seem like there's been a fit for everybody. Um, you know, um, it doesn't seem like like Naz has had a real consistent fit. It definitely doesn't seem like Jonathan's been able to find a centerman that complements his skill set. But at the same time, um, when you're a player of his ilk, like you should also elevate people around you to adjust. And um, for whatever reason, I can't put my my singular finger on it. It just hasn't worked. And and then when he does get a chance, we've had this discussion before ourselves, and I've seen this for years. When he gets a chance, even early in the game the other night, between the between the hash marks and the, in the offensive zone, you know, high slot, you got to rip a puck on net, fella. You can't you can't look to dish it off to the flank. Like he's got to get more aggressive when he gets looks. Now, I continue to wonder about line mates for him, and if going out and trading for somebody that is maybe a little bit. In, in fact, I've gotten to the point where I start to wonder, especially with how this team maybe struggled out of the gate, if you know trying to find a new top center for Jonathan Huberto might be the way to go. I know that that is a huge task to to undertake here, 
but you also have a huge contract for Jonathan Huberto, and if Elias Lindholm isn't stick, it doesn't want to stick around, and the chemistry is not there. I, I, I feel like this is something that might have to happen for the Flames. Yeah, I do too. I, you know, it's it's uh, so there's so many moving parts. I mean, we got the year one of a of a of a long contract. We've got the team that struggled out of the gate. You know, are we going to get back into the race? Aren't we going to get back into the race? Do we want to extend some of these guys in the group? If not, um, you know, the, it, there's a, so many <laughs> scenarios here. I'm with you, though. I mean, the, the thing of it is, what's the cost going to be to uh, to do it? And how much longer is it going to take before that becomes um, you know, a, a, a benefit to the group. So what I'm, what I'm starting to think here is that we might be looking at a reset that might take a year or two. So we might not be, you know, in year two of even this contract before we start to start to feel better about it. Um, if they do move out some of these higher end guys that they have, these UFAs, uh, they could get better in a hurry um, because these are pretty good players that other, other teams are going to, you know, potentially overpay for depending on, you know, how many people are in, involved in the, uh, in the process, how many teams are interested in the process. Uh, but I don't know, guys, I'm perplexed. I, mm. I don't, I don't know how else to come off here. Like I'm really perplexed. I, I just wanted to ask you one more thing on this, because if I'm not mistaken, you would have been around the organization in 2018, 19. When was the last time he was scratched in a third period? He was scratched at home in, uh, I can't remember who they were playing, but then they came out to Western Canada. He had a couple of games that also weren't so good. He had a misconduct here in Calgary, and he finished the season with 30 goals and 90 points, so it ended up being a pretty solid year. I'm just wondering if you remember anything from that time when he got scratched, how he was playing, and how he might have responded, because he ended up having a good year. I'm pretty sure we were playing Pittsburgh. I think we yes, lost the yes. game something like 5-1 or something like that. Um, you know, I, he, he responded positively and, and, you know, he took his game to the level that was required. I need that type of response. So does Calgary right now. If he's angered by this and he, he's got to burn his saddle because of it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the misconduct after like, that's kind of out of character for him. And, and but that's a good thing. And, um, if you poke the bear and you get a result, uh, this is a professional athlete making a ton of dough. So let's let's take it to to the next level, respond correctly, and uh, time will tell. But um, you know, it seems like the group uh, understands the message uh, throughout. It wasn't just a Jonathan thing, guys. Like this was a this was a coach taking hold of a scenario, which I thought was a really good thing for this team. They came out. They had a good third period. They won the game. Actually, I thought they played pretty well from from puck drop on. I, I really did think that they were a better team for over the sixty minutes, uh, even though they were down two Cobb mm-hmm. in the first period there. But um, I don't know. It's uh, he's got to he's got to be better. Um, I think this is a positive for the group. Uh, let's see how uh, let's see how he reacts. Um, Jason, is there such a thing as an untradeable contract in the NHL? Because we like to talk about that as fans and media, but you being a guy who's worked in front offices in the league, is that something that's talked about? Oh no, we can't trade for that contract. That's untradeable. Is it really ever untradeable? I don't know that any contract is completely untradeable, but I would say this, that um, you have to have, so years ago we signed David Bolin to a deal in Florida and 
you know, it was a $25 million deal, five-year deal, I believe, at the time. And um, it felt untradeable. And, and we found a buyer in in, um, um, in Arizona at the time to take on the deal. Now, uh, it cost us lots and Krauss, you know, in that process as well. And, you know, lots and Krauss is a power forward that, that we wish we would have had in the lineup, you know, at that time, uh, you know, pretty pretty quickly after the deal went out the door, it was like, geez, we need a power guy. And, and you know, and, and Crow, like he's, he's turned into that. Here's the thing. The, the the days of trading with teams like Arizona is gone. Like Arizona is on the uptick. Like they're a good team. Like you can't go bank money with the Arizona Coyotes right now. And I don't know that there's a team, maybe San Jose that would, would look to take on money, but um, I guess where there's a will, there's a way, but, Gosh, in year one of this type of a deal, because that's obviously what we're talking about, it feels untradeable to me. That would be my my guess at this point. What about all that fun uh, Goudreau for Huberto, one for one? Ooh, interesting. What a, what a wrinkle that is. <laughs> I'll trade you my problem for your problem. The yeah. Flames have done it before. They oh. did it with the Oilers. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. Um I, that, you, you sorry, I sorry. Before you answer, you you know Jonathan Books. Would he go and play Columbus? Would he play in Columbus? He'd have to wave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'd play in Columbus. He'd play in Columbus. Absolutely. Right. I don't think I don't think you have any problem playing in Columbus. Uh, I don't think Jonathan's that kind of a like. I don't think he's programmed that way. I think that if he if he feels like um, he's not wanted somewhere, I think he's going to look at it and say, you know, that might be a better opportunity for for the longevity and my, and my mental health, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, but that's an interesting wrinkle. I don't know how to answer it, but that would be uh, that, that's intriguing. I'll put it to you that way. That's would Columbus intriguing. do it? I don't know what Columbus would do, to be honest. Like uh, one thing I can say about the Columbus Blue Jackets is they're very unpredictable. Like Yarmo <laughs> Kekalainen yeah. is, is very, very unpredictable. And they're under a lot of heat there too. They got to win this year, guys. They got to get in the playoffs. Like Columbus, you know, that whole distraction at the beginning of the year with Babcock and, and, you know, like I feel like part of the reason why they brought Babcock in, I don't know this for certain, but it feels to me like somebody told them somewhere along the line that you better get this right this year, because if you don't make playoffs, we're making changes. And it felt like almost like a little bit of a desperate move to go down that road. Mm. And now that that didn't work, um, you know, I haven't checked the standings today, but I think they're hovering around second or third last in the East. Um, so they're under pressure there for sure. It's a uh, crazy times here in Alberta overall, Jay. Uh, we had the Oilers send Jack Campbell down to the minors just the other day, recalling Calvin Pickard. Uh, a thought on sending a $5 million goalie down to the minors still with term. Unfortunate. Um, I have to. I have to be perfectly honest. So I was never buying that stock. Like um, yep. I like Jack. I like Jack Campbell as a person. I think he's a fantastic teammate. But even when he was good in Toronto, I never got the warm and fuzzies that this is going to be a long-term solution as a one A at the NHL level. I've never felt that. So um, I. I don't want to. I'm trying not to be a jerk about this, but it was, it was never a good idea to begin with guys. Like it was an overpayment. Uh, the market suggested that that was the best option at that time. But um, am I surprised? No, I'm not shocked. I'm not. Cause he's a, he's a one B he's not a one a, so he's definitely not a $5 million goalie. Have the Oilers been 
too steadfast in holding on to picks and prospects? Should they have been more like the Vegas Golden Knights? Get rid of the picks, get rid of the prospects, bring in players, bring in guys that can play. Let's trade for everybody and go about it that route because it feels like they've maybe been a little bit too cautious with first-round picks while they've got the prime of McDavid and Dreisaitl in these deals. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, you got uh, literally generational talents on your roster, and um, you know you don't want to just sit and, and watch you know their prime years. These guys are going to play for a lot longer. Don't don't get me wrong, but they're gonna they're gonna get burnt out between the years too. Thinking like you know we 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 kind of tease like we're gonna get over the top. We're getting there, but you know what are we doing really to to make it happen and. And to make matters worse, like if you look at the game, like Bouchard, for example, he's had a really tough start to the season. I mean, honestly, it's been hard to watch some nights. And and so you're looking at some of these first-round guys that they've had and they're holding on to and they're developing, and and now some of them are falling off. Um, yeah, like they've, they've got a, they got their first-rounder this year and their second-rounder. Actually, they got their first in the next three years. Um, I, they they need to make something happen there. There's There's absolutely no question about it. Uh, Jason Bukla, former director of scouting with the Florida Panthers, Sportsnet, NHL, and draft analyst, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Jeff Merrick was on our show this week, and he said, um, Ken Holland, the Oilers, owe their coach maybe a trade before they would potentially think about letting him go. Do you buy that? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know that anybody, I understand the sentiment. I do. Um, but I don't – let me put it this way. I, I don't think coaching is the issue in, in Edmonton. I think structure is definitely the issue. So, yeah, I would agree with Jeff there. I, I, you know, you got to – it's like having a starting quarterback in the NFL, guys. Like, you can have a Hall of Fame coach, and if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win very many games. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they go into Vancouver there, and they'll shoot the, uh, the Canucks in the early stages like 19-2. to two. Uh, Vancouver comes down the ice, they pocket a couple and, um, you know, the body language of the team, you can, like they're rolling their eyes and then they just become completely unglued after that, you know, as the game progresses. So yeah, they, they do, you know, the, the general manager does all, all the, uh, all the coach that I guess is uh, I'm convincing myself because the further, the more I foam at the mouth here and, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. Like give them the best chance to win and give them a better better goaltender between the posts to get that done. Is he on the flight home if they get blown out tonight in San Jose? Oh my God. Jeez. Like, I hope it's not. Yes. He's on the flight. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, not I've a Jerry Gallant situation. I've gone down this road in Florida with Turk, as you guys can yep. recall uh, when, uh, when Gerard and now, of course, uh, Gerard decided to take the cab to the airport on his own. Cause he was so upset. That's just Turk being Turk. He's such a, <laughs> Gerard Gerland, if you guys ever get a chance to talk to him, maybe you already have, but uh, one of the best humans you're ever going to meet in the world. But anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, yes, he's on it, but oh my goodness, um, I'm turning off all of my uh, social media feeds, uh, TV, radio, computer, you name it. I'm, I'm not listening to anything for the next couple of days if that happens. Gerard Gerland, pretty good refill, though, if, you, if you're going to go down that road. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Mm. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the San Jose Sharks, and what do you think Mike Greer is going through right now? Oh, sleepless nights, um, borderline hell. Um, oh. So here, here's here's the thing with, with San Jose. Um, it's a market 
that is used to uh, for a long time, as we all know, they were used they, were, they they performed at a high level. They were kind of in the conversation of a team that could get over the top potentially. They came close. Um, now what's what what you're seeing is not only the results on the ice, which speak for themselves, but the economics of the game, guys, it starts to factor in, and that's the trickle-down effect, the pressure of that. So, um, yeah, the cap's going to go up, but they're getting 10,000 people a game all of a sudden. And how long is it going to take for us to get back to where we need to be? Because, I mean, when you're when your building's half full, your team's not very good. Well, not not just not very good. They're you know totally rebuilding, and they're not good. Um, there's a lot of noise there. There's a lot going on. Um, it's it's a tough spot for uh, for a general manager that's only been there for a short period of time, and every day he'll be having to manage up. I remember Dale and I used to have those conversations. You know, he, Dale Talon when we were struggling in Florida or rebuilding in Florida, it was you know I have to manage up, so make sure everybody else is doing their job. And what that means is that the president of the team, um, you know, the ticket department, uh, your owner, all that stuff, he's he's having to manage up a lot right now. Uh, while the rest of his uh, crew do uh, do their jobs. Uh, Books, we had the conversation about uh, Brad Tree Living's um, tenure here in Calgary. Obviously off to a bit of a rocky start in Toronto with the Maple Leafs, but how would you grade Brad Tree Living's time as the general manager of the Calgary Flames? I was... Uh... I was a huge fan of, of how he reacted on the fly. Uh, you know, when you, when the three of us started to really get to know each other a couple of summers ago, um, you know, I was a huge fan of how he reacted on the fly. And, and I think that, um, um, you know, somewhere along the line, it, it, the, the construction of the team became um, an issue and, and it was more apparent. So we, we threw a lot of excuses at the wall, didn't we? You know, it was the coach. It was, um, it was, uh, you know, now it's the players and the construction, a whole bunch of different things. I'm seeing a little bit of that in, in Toronto too. So I would grade it as probably, again, I think he had to manage up a little bit there in Calgary. So I'm going to grade it as a, as a, as a seven. Um, I, the, the, the depth of playoff success wasn't really there. So, you know, that's why it doesn't go higher, but you know, the competitive competitiveness of the group uh, gets them that grade. In Toronto, though, right now, guys, um, the construction of the roster, the way that it sits, there's they're leaking oil on a lot of a lot of levels. I wrote a story on uh, Sportsnet.ca about it, and and I got you know a lot of negative feedback in this Ontario market. But the reality is what it is. You know, like the construction is is off, and um, I'm wondering if, uh, if if some of the same sort of uh, mistakes in hindsight are, are being made in Toronto right now. How much are the Oilers and the Leafs a mirror of one another? Pretty close, aren't they? Jeez, that's a good one too. It's like, like that uh, Spider-Man meme, Books, when they're just pointing at yeah. each other. Essentially, it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing, right? Like you have issues in goal, your blue line isn't good enough, and your bottom six isn't good enough. Although you have incredible superstar players at the top of your lineup. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an outstanding analysis. I really do agree with that. Um, the difference, of course, is that. The difference, of course, is that, uh, you know, actually, no, I'm going to take it back. I was going to say something absurd. I'm not going to say it. it, it it's they, uh-huh. They're very close to the same guys. They, they just absolutely are. There's no doubt about it. And and they've got to make some adjustments. Uh, the, on the defensive side of the ledger, um, you're exposed even more when you don't get second-layer uh, second scoring. That's, that's a reality. Like the Vancouver Canucks are playing like their hair's on fire. 
Um, their their penalty kills still not uh, you know outstanding. I think it's at like seventy eight percent. But when you play them, they're a hard out, and they're getting secondary scoring, and they're playing fast and playing hard. And on balance, they're getting obviously they're getting Vezina quality goaltending, which changes everything. But on balance, even on the defense, at least they can roll four guys over the boards that they can count on. Uh, th- th- this is kind of a, a just a, a, the Ryan Reeves contract and the signing of Ryan Reeves. Oh. You, like, again, <laughs> I, I think you kind of answered it there, but just. Yeah, it's it's not the AAV. It's just the term. Why four years for him? I don't get it. Yeah, is it four? I thought it was three, but okay, whatever. sorry, three, whatever. three. It, it whatever feels it like is, four. It feels like ten. Three years feels like ten. Should never happen. Let's be perfectly honest here. So, like, we went from uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, Sam Lafferty. I'm just throwing some names at you, okay? So O'Reilly walks in free agency. Achari gets a, I think, a two-year deal at I think two-two in uh, in in Pitt. Um, and then Lafferty, Lafferty ends up being a, a, a casualty because we have to, you know, we have to be compliant to start the season. Well, I mean, would you rather have a char? I don't even need a char to score goals. I need him to what he's, uh, he's generally speaking about 55 to 58%, sometimes higher in the faceoff die. Uh, he's, he's, he's heavy, hard, obviously plays fast. He can match up against middle six opponents, especially on the road. Um, and then, you know, you, you start Lafferty plays, he's providing secondary scoring, playing the middle and the wing and do it. So the Reeves thing just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It, I under, and here's the other thing now, now that I'm getting wound up, um, their, their physicality hasn't changed a lick guys. They're exactly mm-hmm. the same. They, they're exactly the same as they were last year, statistically speaking, hits per game, um, you know, all this, the snot that the, the treats said they wanted to bring into the lineup. Everything's the same, except they're not as good a team. So I have one question on this because you recently wrote in your scouts analysis about Radko Gudis, and he joins the Ducks this year. How has the addition of Radko Gudis for the Ducks been different than the addition of Reeves for the Maple Leafs? Oh, well, Gudis can play. Uh, he's, you know, he's, uh... <laughs> Is that the difference, Books? That's simple. <laughs> He's actually a player. Oh, okay. Gutis, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Like, <laughs> oh, is. I'm, I'm, listen, guys. If I get to get in trouble, I might as well really get in trouble, right? Let's just go all the way here. But uh, Gudis, like, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but call it 18 minutes a night, probably. And everybody in the lineup, um, uh, you know, feels 10 pounds heavier, uh, you know, three inches taller. Um, Everybody is aware of Radko Gudis when he's on the ice, and it's because he's involved in the play and he can be a difference maker. He's not a perfect player, like don't. But you know, if if I'm, why would I poke the bear if I'm an opponent of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Let's say I'm the Boston Bruins and I come into Toronto and it's a huge game next March, next April, and Reeves is, is rolling over and he's playing six or seven minutes a night. Like, why do I have to poke that bear to to make a difference in the game? for them. Whereas Gudis, like he's, he's blocking shots. I, he's definitely leading their team in shot blocks. Yeah. He'll eat a puck with his mouth. If he has to, um, he's capable enough with the puck and he's super hard to play against. And he's a difference maker when the games get hard. Um, so what, what it's, it's, it's not even apples to apples as, as you guys know. Yeah. It's like, it's like Tom Wilson, right? A guy, he can be a very dirty, but he actually has a lot of influence on the game. And super tough to play against. Uh, wanted to get your opinion. Is Brad True Living looking at the ghost of Christmas past and Johnny Goudreau when he's thinking about William Nylander? 
Yeah, that's, he, he probably is. I mean, he's definitely reflecting on that experience. He's going to try and use whatever whatever he learned in that process with uh, with Johnny. He's going to try and use it with uh, with Nylander. And um, I'll tell you, there was a time in my in my scouting career where Nylander drove me kind of crazy on any given night, you know, because he always thought he was capable to be better or, you know, play with more detail. I've accepted the fact that he is what he is now. He's kind of like a laissez-faire type of a personality, but he's a huge difference maker. Um, it's going to be interesting because John Tavares' contract is potentially one year too long at $11 million, and that's going to be the roadblock to uh, to potentially getting this done, but uh, we'll see how it, uh, how it pans out. What are you doing this weekend? Where are you scouting? What's coming up next for you? I am uh, in Kitchener on Friday night. Our good mm. friend Drancer from the Vancouver Canuck region mm. is uh, coming. He's uh, he's on the road with the Canucks. Drancer and I are going to hook up in uh, Kitchener to watch the Rangers because they've got Hunter Brustowitz, their uh, high-end, well, he's a third-round pick, but he's leading the OHL in scoring like as a defenseman. So we're going to go watch him play together. i got to see the Piro Peets anyways. And then um, I'm actually Brian McCabe, uh, uh, Caber, we're still good buddies. It's Hall of Fame weekend. He's in town in Toronto for the galas and all that stuff. So him and I are going to hook up for a nice little dinner and, and catch up on Saturday night in Toronto while he's in town. Nice. Uh, does he have the best nickname of all time? Caber? Does he have something beside Caber? Is there, is there another one that I should be aware of? Or? Well, I have heard Ugly Face, but whatever. Like that's, uh, oh, no, name. that was Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, this is, we can't even say it on the air. That the, the other the other one. But, okay. Uh, yeah. 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 His yeah. one of his nicknames He's was Calgary, Ugly right? Face. Yeah. Yeah. Brian you McCabe. He's a Calgary native, right? His mom. His mom's listening to us on the radio okay. right now. So how dare you, George? Unbelievable. Well, I'm just this saying that's his case. nickname. Yeah. It is. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's another adjective in front of face. But yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Jason Bukla, always terrific stuff. Um, former director of scouting with the Panthers, uh, Sportsnet, NHL, and draft analyst Books. Always great stuff. Let's do it again soon, pal. Right, Thanks. It's always fun, guys. Thanks. Uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. You too, sir. Um, there he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline. Always feel smarter after he's off the phone with us. I know. We're feeling him. Like, it just makes you smarter. Like, yeah, now I know hockey. Like a Yeah, guy- and I can... In- Put me on the desk. From a guy who like loves Jonathan Huber, he's like, yeah, like you're making ten and a half schmill, bro. Let's go. Like, st- hey, he's put always, up or shut up. Let's go. He's always been very fair in his analysis yeah. of Jonathan Huber, though. So, yeah, he's a a great resource for us. Um, if you haven't seen his new scouting sheets, like the scouting analysis pages, and he's got kind of the uh, the new yeah, they're cool uh, cards. Like the Athletic has some yeah, too. hockey uh, stack uh, cards. Yeah. That's a big thing, but yeah, um, his are the best. His are the best. They have like a full paragraph write up, and you can tell that he has so many more things to say, but it's all that he can jam in about 300 words. Yeah. And then he has like number rating for all of their characteristics as a player. And yes, it's, there's really good stuff. Wait, you mean you should listen to a guy who actually scouted at the NHL level? I recommend it. Instead of a guy just with a Twitter account and a guy and that a could, a guy that definitely, really, a guy that definitely could uh, probably be doing it for NHL teams, but really likes the work he's doing right now. So does it differently? Hmm. You mean you should listen to that guy? Okay, just saying. A lot of charts out there from uh, guys who uh, <laughs> like charts. What's that? I uh, wanted. Uh, did you know? Yeah, I was just going I, through. I love Digi. Uh, oh yeah, hit me. There's more Canadians on the LA Chargers than there are the LA Kings. 
Really? Yeah, that's a fact. Seven on the Chargers, six on the Kings. No way. Including uh, Stampeder's draft pick, Amin Ogbong Bamiga. Oklahoma State. That is great work. Um, Real quick on the CFL, because you know I love my at least some hot <laughs> CFL talk. Um, The uh, the Lions and the Bombers play the West Final. Is that they on do. Saturday? Saturday at uh, 4.30. Um, You want to play a drinking game Saturday at 4.30? Every time they refer to Vernon Adams as VA, take a shot. <laughs> You'll Ooh. be unconscious before the middle uh, of the first it, quarter. It, uh, I was watching uh, some random college game yesterday, and they were. And it was, that was the replay after the college game, and it was the replay of the BC and Calgary game. And instantly, just VA, VA, VA within the first five minutes. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you'd be hey, annihilated, Vernon guys. You'd be annihilated. Yeah. But like Adams Junior is that's a it's called Vernon Adams. It's a mouthful. Okay. But I'm VA, saying it, it was just VA, done, it was just like, done a, a lot. It's a great nickname. Yeah, and I think he goes by it too. Like I think that's like what people call him. So. Yeah, Here's the thing, George. The CFL. Everyone's very close knit, very buddy buddy. So you <laughs> can right. go by nicknames and by first names. You're right. It's not like the NFL where There's you only got, nine teams. You got of these course. broadcasters traveling around. They're they're being airdropped. Your Ross the day Tuckers, the game. your Charles Davises. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about the players involved. No, I'm just kidding. They do a very good <laughs> job, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, there. Our NFL big was. bets uh, by Sportslot. You should be tailing uh, one Matt Rose because oh, he's yeah. on an absolute heater this season. What? Just ten and two in my last two weeks. It's, not, it's just totally normal stuff. It's uh, just mm, sixteen okay. games over right. five hundred. Okay, oh, that's crazy. All right, whatever. All right, um, better than any. Hey, how was bragging but... camp last night? Uh, um, <laughs> I excelled. <laughs> Hey, the teacher, the teacher said I was the best. Actually, believe it or not, she said uh, I was also the cutest and the strongest. Mm. So. Nice. Eight game lead on me. Um, also, um, sixteen games over five hundred. We'll tell you what to do uh. when you come face to face with a crocodile. We'll do that to wrap up. Stand the show. on the snoot, maybe yep. because because it they can't open like they can close. Yep. Big yep. show, Russick and Rose Sports Ten Nine Sixty. Chomp 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 chomp. Oh hi there! It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sports Ten Nine Sixty. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's Maddie's Friday, so he's off tomorrow, and we're off Monday. Yep, that's the deal. Look at you taking all this taking vacation. Time off. Hey, yeah. look at well, Mr. That's what happens when I work extra days, George. Look at Mr. Days that happens off a lot. Hey, ship me up to Edmonton for twelve hours. Well, I was there with you. Yeah. Yep. You've got a day in lieu as well, if you want to use it. In lieu day. Hmm, I wonder if somebody's going to have seven straight days off in a row coming up this month. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's me. Is it just you guys doing the show when I'm I don't know. It's just Matt Rose and blank. So I don't know. Matt if Rose it's and a, company? If it's, a, if it's a PK or if it's me or if it's something, we'll figure it out. The Matt Glad Ro- to see he's okay because he took one to the beak. Yeah, in Lou. Maybe it's Lou. Yeah, um, um, that'd be fun if it. Why don't <laughs> it would be fun. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably say it's not. I don't think it is. Not Lou. No. You know what? You should just change the name of the show to like the Matt Rose Show, featuring whoever your co-host is that day. Featuring Matt Rose. Yeah. <laughs> With authority. Yep. <laughs> he just had Lou you drops. Should, you should have. <laughs> you guys should try to get Calvin Pickard as one of your guests. Yes. The pick dog. Yeah, he's gonna change the. He's gonna turn around the Oilers' season. Starting Man, they should. Uh, Rodrigue would have been a better call up. 
He's got like a 945 save percentage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but he's a young buck. Oh, okay. And they need... Uh, they need. They don't want two young bucks? Vet, veteran savvy. <laughs> uh, so a guy who's played four <laughs> NHL games over the last... Or maybe six over the last five years. Okay. What was the last time he was started, world championship? Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's played like ten games. He started four or five. Um, flames are off until tomorrow night in Toronto when they play uh, Brad Tree Living, who won't be on the ice. And the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll wrap How up. Crazy would that be, though? Yeah, right? be awesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would go well for him. No. Um, we're gonna wrap up today's show uh, in case you get face to face with a crocodile. A crocodile. I'll help you out. A crocodile. But right now, it's time for NFL big bets. Hit it, GVP. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Gambling. Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're gonna win. It's our NFL that dive big... bomb just gets me going. Wow! Yeah, it's like it's a workout montage in an yeah. '80s movie. NFL big bets brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at SportsSelect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, the standings after week number nine. Georgie, bottom of the list, 26 and 28. <laughs> Patrick Dumont, 26, 26 and two. Meh. Juiced out a little bit. And scorchy, <laughs> sexy baby Matt Rose, 34, Sorry, 18, and 2. <laughs> what, wait, what was, sexy sexy baby? Baby. what was Sexy Baby from? What is that? Taylor Swift song. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, 34, 18, and 2. You should be Taylor Matt Rose. I was actually thinking about this today because I know it's Thursday and we do our big bets. And our bet is for the year that the loser gets a roast done i want the roast to be about me because i i in no way in clear conscience would want to roast patty dumas because i like him Mm. i would destroy you no problem (laughs) but but when it comes to because you like him wait hold on a second i I would feel bad roasting him i wouldn't feel bad roasting you that's the difference the street yeah all right fair enough yeah all right that's the difference all right so that's where we are yeah and it might be me I'm going to write that down for when I put you in the dirt after All this right. season. That'd be great. I'm going to write down, put him in the dirt. Let's get to a... Bought a new shovel. Uh, let's get to week 10. It's the Thursday nighter from the Windy oh, City, dirty. which really isn't that windy. In the dirt. It's named Windy because of politics. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Uh, Chica- <laughs> I just learned that. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> um, Carolina Panthers at the Chicago Football Bears. Bears minus three. Total, Matty, 38 and a half. This game might stink. This game has a lot of pre-stink vibes to it. Yep. This might be a bit of a farter. Uh, That being said, I am going to take the Bears minus three. Thank you, GVP. Uh, Because uh, I think that the Panthers are not only bad, but they're also banged up on defense. No Brian Burns. Their secondary has been extremely leaky all season long. Just got to look out for Adam Thielen. That's it. I'm going to take the Bears minus three. Patrick? It's a primetime game, so go under. That's just True. the way it's been lately. So yep. I'll do the under with the Bears and Panthers. Not much analysis here. Agent versus Young. Let's go. Yeah, this is a terrible game. Um, the points are going to come from pick sixes and are defensive they? touchdowns. Usually, I like I to picked live... up the Bears defense as a streaming option. That's, That's not bad. Not Usually, actually. I like to live by the uh, the mantra: when two bad teams collide, you take the over because there's just so many, so much mistakes and just points happen. But I I don't even know if they're going to get there. <laughs> And I hate taking the Bears in this instance, but I can't justify taking the Bears as three-point favorites. 
too much. If it was two and a half, I'd lean Bears. I'm going to take the Panthers plus the three points. What have you seen from the Bears to make them a favorite? I don't know. Hey, what? How have they impressed you? Montez Sweat. Okay. And he signed an extension in our face. Uh, Yeah. Eye on my face. In your yep. guys' face. Yep. I true. said it the whole time. Um, I don't even know why we bother asking Maddie this question, but let's do it anyway. CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans <laughs> on the road to play the Bengals of Cincinnati. Since he's six and a half point favorites total, 47 and a half. Who day? Minus six and a half. No problem. No sweat. Probably going to win by multiple touchdowns. Uh, okay. Bengals all day, baby. All right. Especially in the jungle. What are we talking about? Patrick? Uh... Yeah, I think Houston can keep this close. I think Houston can cover that six and a half. Yeah, I like this. I like C.J. Stroud going back into Ohio. You know, I'm feeling it could be a shootout of a game, and I think it's a little heavy, and I, I think Henderson's going to be in the kitchen of young C.J. Stroud, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. No Laramie Tunsil. Actually, questionable, I think. Uh, Laramie. That smooth Carolina smoke. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Laramie. It's also <laughs> the brand of smoke in The Simpsons. It Laramie. is. Laramie's. Mm. Yeah. Joe wow, Camel, really? some Laramie's. Wow, yeah. funny. Yeah. Simpsons predict everything, eh? They do. Yeah, because um, they're affiliated with the Illuminati. Uh, Forty-seven and a half. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take the over. Forty-seven <laughs> and a half. Where'd that come from? San Francisco from? 49ers at Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, San Francisco minus three. The total, 44 and a half, Matty. I'm taking the under. I think oh, the Jags wow. are probably going to win this game. I also like the Jags plus three in this, but I'm going to take the under in this game uh, just because I think both these defenses are pretty good and both these offenses have kind of come back to uh, come down to earth a little bit. Is that a cello in this? Oh, it's a bass. That's no. just a bass. I wish it was dude. a cello. Sounds very cello-y. Slap bass. Yeah. Slap of the bass. All right, what are you taking, Patrick? Oh, give me the over in this one. I think there's going to be some points. Oh, this is an early. Is well, yeah, head-to-head all week? This, What's this? This is a 10 a.m. local start for San Francisco. want to see if their minds are going to be into it. Jacksonville uh, should be a lot of Niner fans in attendance, too. Uh, but I, I think this is going to go over. Could be a good game. Sneaky good game of the day. Uh, I think so, too. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? The... Um, the Niners have been struggling. I'll take the Jags plus the points at home, plus three. That hook is big. If it was two and a half, I'd be like, but it is three. Uh, we're doing our NFL Big Bats brought to you by Sports Select. Um, improve your sports IQ by Sports Select Pools. Uh, visit sportselect.com. Okay, uh, game number four of our six. That was not a smooth read. Uh, Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore minus six. The total, 38 and a half, Matty. Yeah, I don't like how low this total is. I want to play the under, but it's already started to come down over the course of the week a little bit, so I'm kind of nervous to play 38 points. Um, I think I'm going to take the Browns plus the points here. I think this is a bit of a letdown spot for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the Browns plus the points. I think it's a pretty big line for two teams that have been pretty good, so even if... The Ravens win. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go Cleveland plus six. Okay, Patrick? Uh, this is their second meeting of the year, their first meeting. Uh, Deshaun Watson obviously was not healthy for that one. Uh, they ran with uh, uh, Dorian Thompson Robs, whatever the heck his name was. DTR. DTR there. DRT. Uh, Dorian DR- Robinson Thompson. That's it. Uh, 28-3 was the final in that one. Uh, I think there's going to be some points. I think Deshaun Watson showed some good throws last week uh, in, in their big win. Uh, I love that Browns defense as well. I love what the Ravens are doing. This is going to be a good game. NFC, AFC North, all four teams currently in playoff spot. We'll see if that lasts. I think there's going to be some points over the 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. This I is think, a hard one. I think I think it's within a division like this. And yep. um, 
this is what I like to say. This is another MO I like to live by. Um, better defense getting points in, within the division. I'll it do is that. a significantly better defense. That's a big uh, Baltimore's spread. good. That's a Baltimore's big been good, yeah. but uh, statistically, Cleveland's near the top of the NFL defensively. And Miles Garrett has been an absolute terror this season. Oh my goodness, that guy's been disruptive Probably in his helmet bashing ways. He's been yeah, terrific. He's I will take the Brownies getting the six points. Uh, it's very interesting game at SoFi. There's going to be a lot of Honolulu blue in the stands at SoFi. The Detroit Motors Lions fans travel. We'll see. They did oh, last Detroit's time down. down to L.A. Oh, everybody travels to L.A. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Detroit Motor City Lions at the Los Angeles Chargers. Detroit three point favorites on the road. The total forty eight and a half. This total is way too high. I'm going to take the under. Chargers won last week. You know what that means? Big letdown game this weekend. I'm going to take the uh, under on this one. Way too high for me. That's a okay. lot of points. Uh, I think the Lions uh, coming off the bye week, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Chargers are not a good team. They they beat the Jets good, but they did not deserve that win really because their defense was really good. Offensively, they can't do anything. I like Dan Campbell's kneecap biters uh, plus, uh, minus three in this one. Uh, they're also coming off a bye. Yep. No turds here. I just can't trust the Chargers at all. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And they'll mm-hmm. do. And and Staley will make some stupid call that's going to cost them late in this game. I'm going to take the the Leons. I don't even know if they're going to be around it late. I'm going to take the Leons uh, minus uh, three. Mm -hmm. All right, last game, um, and it's a game. It's the Sunday Nighter. Maybe this is the week where you take your sweetie out for dinner on a Sunday (laughs) night. Hey, we don't have Monday off. We got any good films coming out? Um, It's the New York Football Jets at the Raiders from Las Vegas. Jets minus four. 0.5 0.5 favorites, the total, 36 and a <laughs> it's half. It's a pick them, essentially. Such a weird <laughs> It game. could tie. It could tie. <laughs> I've had that. I've lost a game on a taking a the minus half, wow. and then they tie, and I'm Ooh. like, are you kidding me? All right. Um, I'm going to go the under here. Uh, mm. I think the Raiders are probably going to be able to win this game. Just, But the thing is, this new coach bump, does it always last two weeks? No, it's usually one good no, week, and then you kind of come back down to earth a little bit. The Jets are just so hard to watch. I'm taking the under. Yeah, it's it just not offensively. The putridness on on both sides. I thought, you know, Aiden O'Connell's probably a little bit better than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is at this point. But, yeah, I, I'm going to take the under in this one. 30, it's, it could be like a, a 10-3 game, all I care. I hate this game. Um, and we'll still watch. I'm going I'm to be all over it. I'm going to take the Jets minus a half because I'm an idiot. That's it. That's our NFL Big Bets brought to you by... Sports Select, prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at sportselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Got about uh, three or four minutes to go in the program before we hand things over to Mucho Big Show, Big Show Extra, Big Show Plus, XL Big Show with uh, Patrick Dumont. But uh, first, um, have you guys ever been to Australia? Uh, No, I've been to New Zealand. Mm, Close enough. I hear Australia is the United States of Asia, while New Zealand is the Canada of Asia. See, I thought Australia was Canada of the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's right. what I mean. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Of that area. All right. That feels a bit of a stretch, but I'm in. Yeah. Well, in Australia, mates, okay, uh, they have a lot of crocodiles. Do this, but... uh, a cattle farmer named Colin Devereaux had quite the experience uh, last month. Mm. I read the Bible once. Oh, what did he say? 
Uh, he was in the uh, he was in Australia's Northern Territory on a river, the Finnis River. It's the, called. Oh, the Finnis. Finnis River. Okay. Um, he stopped to observe a fish out of water. Quote a billy bong. <laughs> God, they're idiots. Uh, it's called a billy bong. Okay. And uh, he noticed the fish was struggling in the middle of the uh, receding billy bong, and he went out to investigate. Uh, he went to see, hey, what's the fish? Why is the water so low there? All of a sudden, face to face with a crocodile. Oh, mm. boy. Crocodile or alligator? Very important. Croc. Okay. Australia. The saltwater croc mm. was uh, was an estimated 3.2 meters or 10 and a half feet. Whoa. They got the narrow snoot. The water had receded. It was a quote, according to Colin, he told ABC News Australia. Uh, the water had receded and it went down to the dirty uh, water in the middle. <laughs> I took two steps and the dirty bastard latched onto my right foot. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> quote, it was a big grab and he shook me like a rag doll <laughs> and, took a, and took me back into the water, pulling me in. Whoa. That's <laughs> so now, wait, okay. how do you tell the story? That's usually like, all right, oh, wrap it up. Okay, so now how would you address the situation, Matt Rose? I pro- At this point, I'm probably conceding. Take yep. me away, Grok. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I've lost this battle. I feel like I'm behind the eight ball. I've been jumped here, and now I'm going to go like a full gazelle and just hope it's over quickly. Okay. Is Patrick? that not the right answer? No. Okay. Uh, maybe if I'm... Hopefully, you can grab a rock or something. You can mm. just go and you smash it over its head. That's pretty good. But he was struggling. So the only thing he could yeah. do, the only thing he had close to him, was his teeth. He bit the eyelid off the crock, Hell which yeah. let him go. Whoa, 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 whoa. He bit the eyelid off? <sighs> yeah. He bit it in the eye? Yes. Ugh, that is... Ugh. You'd rather yeah. die? You'd rather die? Yeah. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. I don't know. Like, what? what is the extent of the injury after this? Am I... Uh, the croc wasn't in good shape after that, but let him go well, after he literally more the person bit. than the croc. Oh, he, yeah, he, he had to go to hospital, got flown, um, had a ton of stuff to do. Uh, he was very hurt, but survived to live the tale of biting the croc's eyelid off and just let him go. So did, if you're ever in a billy bong I was where the water is receding. Chubbs ripped an eye out of there was Gator one and thing, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I would go for the eyes for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Because the rest looks pretty tough. Yep. Like I've never. Yeah. Like that's the one I've soft had spot. An, it's it's up. Yeah. It's, it's elevated a bit. You can yep. kind of dig I've in never there. had an opportunity to pet an alligator or a crocodile. Have you seen the. I the, assume that they're pretty tough. Have you seen the. Uh, the gator that that guy in uh, Pennsylvania yeah, has? Yeah, I did in the Morning Report yeah, once. That's right. That's yeah. right. They let him into the Flyers game. Yes, they did. And Gritty was, was petting him. Gritty. Yeah. Yeah. It was his emotional support animal. Yeah. Yeah, he is an emotional support animal. Yeah, he probably has mild foot pain. He's a Gritty su- loves he's that. He's a very thing. sweet gator. He is. Um, What's his name? Willie? Yeah, something like Maybe. that. But if you ever find yourself in Northern Australia mm. and you're in a billy bong where the water's receding in the middle <laughs> and there's a, a croc or there. A billy bong? I don't know. And there's a croc there. Go for the eyes. Bite its eyelid off. Okay. You'll be safe. All right. Patrick, what's coming go. up in Mucho Big Show? Something oh, ben Shulman. Uh, we'll talk a little Blue Jays offseason. Oh, is he going to distill the interview for you? <laughs> okay. I hope not. That was one of the most obnoxious comments ever. Well, we're going to get into so, obnoxious Ross Atkins, so I'm sure of it. Um, that's it for us. Maddie, you're off tomorrow. Well-deserved <laughs> day off tomorrow. Not going to lie. Croc had me in the first half. Uh, Patrick and I, I think, are going to take over tomorrow. Nice. What are you guys gonna do? You guys gonna have some fun? You guys gonna? We're gonna do three hours on the West Final. Really serious because you know my CFL West Final. We'll be breaking. We'll be bringing in bombers, guys. We'll be bringing in lions, guys. 
Yep. Nice. Wow. Alouettes guys. No, Argos no guys. East final. No, no East final. Just strictly just West final. final. Wow. West this is final. Western Canada. <laughs> what they might not, I am. They might sell out BMO, though. They might sell BMO for the first time for the Argos. Mm. This, for, this on the Against weekend. Montreal? Yep. Huh. All right. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Remember, get your favorite podcatcher. Go back and listen to Jason Bukula because he's super smart about hockey. And if you want to hear us essentially recap um, Joey Chestnut's visit to Calgary last yeah, week, <laughs> uh, listen to Ross Tucker. No football talk. Or you can, just go, or you can just go listen to the char- to the interview with Joey, too. Yeah, or, yeah. if you want like better football talk, just go back to Charles on Monday, too. Yeah, that was All right. very good. Have mm-hmm. a great Thursday. Bye. Bye-bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.